G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at reedgoosens.com. And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. At the end of the day, we're always evolving. Yep. You want to write that down. We are always evolving. We are always becoming another version of ourselves. And I teach this thing called the ladder of success, where some people show up poorly in life, and that's not really a great place to show up. So let's go up a level, and now you're showing up good. Mm -hmm. But good isn't good enough anymore. You want to go to the next level, which is great. So now you're doing things great. But what if I told you there's three more levels? Because when you go up from great, you go up to what I call excellent. Now you're showing up excellent with your body, with your spouse, with your kids, with your real estate investing, with your general contractor, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, there's still another level where you go to outstanding. Now you're showing up outstanding. But if you want to go to the top level, and it can happen at any time that you choose to, you can be extraordinary or extraordinary. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reid Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, 
I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find this show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another cracking episode of Investing in the US. And we're coming to you live from the best ever conference here in Keystone, Colorado. I'm looking out the window, seeing the incredible white mountains behind us. It's a stunning backdrop. And with me... I have a bloke that uh, has been pretty influential in a lot of people's lives here in the real estate world. I have with me Mr. Trevor McGregor. G'day, mate. How are you going? It going really well, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Mate, I want to um, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you have been a really big influence in so many people's lives in and around the real estate world. But before we get into what you do and how you influence people, let's rewind the clock and tell, it, mate, tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid. Okay, that's going back a few years, but... You know, my brother and I were really entrepreneurial. We did many different things, but the thing that stands out most is, you know those little plastic bowling pins and you get those little bowling balls? We set up a bowling alley in our garage and we charged neighbors' kids 25 cents for three shots. <laughs> and uh, we made a lot of money, so that was, uh, that was a very memorable time. Awesome, awesome stuff. And, and talk about a little bit about the, the upbringing that you had in, in Canada and, and the, sort of the morals that your parents instilled in you. Absolutely. Uh, Mom and dad were great people. We weren't rich. We weren't poor. We were kind of middle class. And, you know, it was amazing. My dad worked and my mom stayed home. But my aunts and my uncles were very entrepreneurial. Some of them owned general stores. Some of them owned farms. Some of them owned a small motel. And I was always intrigued that, you know what, some people worked for some and other people worked for themselves. And, you know, that was a constant theme. And when I became a teenager, I started to work for myself. I loved making money. And, um, you know, I kind of got the best of both worlds doing a little bit of, you know, working for others and doing some stuff on my own. So it was the best of both worlds. And, and did you go to uni and, and did you study? What, like, what was that journey like before jumping into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, went to, went to university, studied business, came out of there, you know, predominantly marketing. But um, yeah, I, I, I had an insatiable appetite, not only for business, but really why people made the decisions they did. And I'd get my hands on books, I'd listen to audios, I was always fascinated with what, what caused people to make the choices that they made. And um, I still have that insatiable appetite for that today. And, and so let's, let's dive a little bit into that a little bit more. What, what got you down the road of being that why? What, what, what's intriguing? What's the juice that, that makes you want to uncover that why behind someone? Because that's, that's like an incredible thing to have in within yourself to want to go and scratch right a lot of people don't want to help other people or don't want to don't want to dive into why people do what they do so what what, what was it within yourself to, un, to want to understand that well it was really interesting because I had a fairly large family and uh, brothers sisters uh, aunts uncles you know everyone was pretty much in the same place where I grew up and you know some of them went out there and did jobs where they sat behind desks and were accountants and and really didn't do too much with people. And then I had other you know, relatives who really went out there and every single day they were in sales or they were in marketing or doing something that, that really engaged the human spirit. Mm -hmm. and, and I always defaulted, Reed, to the, uh, the people side of things because I love people. And you know, I think that there's a way of thinking and a behaving 
that can really help people you know, go further faster. And like I said, in my early 20s, I went to work in corporate, took my business degree, went and worked in, in hospitality, and uh, literally found myself as the director of operations for a fairly large company. Had about 500 people reporting to me directly or wow. indirectly at one point. Um, you know, in five major cities in Canada, and as the director of operations, I mean, you do everything. You do a little HR, you do a little bit of marketing, finance, operations, and so it was really fascinating to see how I could take that and really, really use that, you know, for when I started investing in real estate as well. Awesome, awesome. And so, talk to me about the days in which you left the corporate world, and, and what, how old were you? Because not everyone listening to this show has the guts to go out and do that, right? And and, and part of what the special source you bring, and we're going to get into it in a little bit, you help other entrepreneurs achieve those, you know, their best selves. But how did you know that you needed to go out and be more and do more with your life rather than just sitting behind a corporate desk? Well, it's a great question. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get, they get complacent, mm. you know, they, they, they get married, they have kids, they've got the mortgage, they've got the car payments. And it's almost like Groundhog Day where for the you yes. know, time that they're 28 to really, you know, 40, they're asking, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. And Reed, when I was about 36 years old, I started asking, is this all there is? I mean, I had some money, I had a family, I had a pretty good lifestyle, but I was not fulfilled. And I'm telling you, when a human being isn't fulfilled, you just feel empty inside. Mm -hmm. You feel like something's missing. And it was then when I started to turn to coaches, mentors, teachers, trainers. I'd go to Tony Robbins events and I'd start to really, you know, do a deep dive into all of this stuff. And I finally made that decision to leave corporate at the age of 40, and I've wow. never looked back since. Well, and that, so, that's so incredible because you had the awakening at 36 years of age where most people are getting kids, getting the, getting the, job, getting the cars, getting the houses, getting all that stuff, going on holidays. And with this you know, Instagram world, they, they want to, particularly now, people are just stuck in showing what they can do. It's awesome that you were able at that age because some people think, well, I'm already set. I can't, I can't do anything. I'm stuck to have that mindset to go well screw it i'm gonna go blow it up right that's <laughs> it absolutely and, and so at 40 did you know you're going to go into into life life coaching or was that was there a bit of a pathway into that beforehand well it's a really unique story because as i was you know really looking to exit corporate i was also starting to buy real estate i mean started out buying one little townhouse and that was a great experience so i bought a duplex mm -hmm. and i started to buy fourplexes and i started to buy single family homes and in a relatively short amount of time, I had made a lot of money and had a nice cash flowing portfolio. And other people around us were starting to say, hey, Trevor, how are you doing all this? I mean, how are you really going out there and buying real estate? Can you show us how to do it? Mm. And I started to show the soccer coach, the hockey coach, the little league baseball coach, and they went out and applied the exact same strategies I was using. Reed, I'm telling you, I love seeing them be successful. And I think that's when the coaching bug bit. Got it. And, and, and so, Coaching is such an interesting because you, you you sound out you start in real estate. Real estate is a vehicle to gain financial freedom. That's why people listen to this show. But when did you become now in your current business? And maybe we should just might, might as well jump to that. Like you are a coach to other people. You're a coach to other entrepreneurs, CEOs. You don't actually coach the real estate. How you know the constant, right? You, you're now focused on the variable. I'm a very much, much a, a math geek, and in all the equations back in the day, you have a variable and a constant, right? And constants are. This is how you go buy a house. This is how you flip. This is how you buy an apartment. You're now focused on the variable part of it. Why did you move away from real estate and more focus on that coaching mindset part? Because that's two different businesses in itself, right? And you don't, you don't just work with real estate investors. You work with a whole wide range of people, correct? You bet. And let me back up a little bit because it was really around that time too, I was working with my own Tony Robbins coach and he mm. said to me, Trevor, 
you've got this business background, you've got this corporate background, you've been successful in real estate, you love personal growth. Did you know that Tony Robbins is hiring coaches because he wants to go far beyond just being life coaches, he wants strategic business coaches. And I said, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know too much about it, but I sent my resume in. I literally was selected, you know, from 500 resumes down to 100, 100 down to 50, 50 to 20. And even when you're selected, you don't just become a Robbins coach. You have to go through this just absolutely rigorous process for 18 months. You got to read all the books, listen to all the audios, go to all the events. And even then that doesn't help you, you know, do get on the team until you do a live practicum with Tony's team. And I did that in Orlando, Florida, and it was absolutely grueling. But when the dust settled, I graduated as the number two guy in the class, and they offered me a full-time job, and I went to work for Tony Robbins and actually hung out with him and got to peek behind the curtain for over half a decade. And I'm telling you, that's when I started to coach CEOs, business owners, Fortune 500 executives, Olympic athletes, I mean, you name it. And I absolutely loved the real estate people that they had me coach too, because Reed, as you and I both agree, and you and I have done some investing together, we both agree that real estate is the greatest wealth vehicle on the planet. Yep. And so I took all of my corporate background, my real estate background, my Tony Robbins skill set, and I started to help a lot of real estate investors achieve a phenomenal level of success fairly quickly. And I started to really get people outside of Robbins coming to me for real estate coaching, but it was predominantly mindset, mm. strategy, um, really time management, how to create systems that support the outcome. And at the end of the day, fast forward to today, I've done over 25,000 coaching calls. That's an actual statistic with business owners, doctors, lawyers, real estate investors all over this beautiful planet. At, at the time that you went to join Tony Robbins, was that, was that the time you quit your day job? It was, yeah. So 40 years of age, you, you go into Tony. Yep. How did, how did the family view that? Hey, 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 mom and dad. Hey, family. I'm going to go off and do Tony Robbins uh, speaking and, and, and become a life coach. What do they say about that? Oh, yeah, that's a great, great question. And they weren't too happy with it. I mean, here I was in corporate making, you know, well into six figures, had the corporate expense card, had a company vehicle, tickets to the NHL hockey games. I walked away from all of that to go and be a coach where the pay was nowhere near what right. I was making in corporate. So it was definitely a leap read. But I'm telling you, that's when we really, really feel, you know, alive. That's mm. when we really feel that, you know, anything is possible. And I took that leap and I'm happy to say today that it worked out great. Let's talk about that leap for a little bit because I think the complacency we spoke about earlier in life, human beings at, at, at the core center, variety is the spice of life, right? People want to be challenged. They want to be not just get to that groundhog day that you're talking about before, but having the ability to say, I want more and I, and I give myself permission to go out and achieve more, which is essentially what you were backing yourself to do, right? That's a leap yep. of faith. That's the, that's the definition, of, at least in my eyes, of what a leap, leap, leap of faith is. You're backing yourself to go out and do something and take control of your life. And I think so many people talk on this podcast, if you can't back yourself, who the hell are you going to back? That's right. right? And, and, and so let's talk about that for a little bit and, and about this. It would have been nervous, right? It would have been nerve-wracking transition. How, how that, that five years, like, did it, did it happen straight away that this was exactly what I wanted to do? And, I'll, you know, your wife's like, oh, you know, Trevor, you've got to make the money. You've got to, you've got to pay for the bills and all this sort of stuff. Like, there could have been that, there's that transition period where it's like going from this great paycheck to, okay, now I only eat what I kill, right? And that, that, that is such a scary moment for a lot of people. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it wasn't a, a well, fun ride right out of the gate. I would say for the first two years of that five-year journey, it was pretty lean, Yeah. right? But I still had my real estate you know, yep. portfolio, so I did have a little bit of cash flow coming in, thank goodness. 
And I really knew that, man, I would see the results in my clients. I would see the ripple effect on their spouse or their mm. kids or their bank account. And I just knew that if I you know, really took what Tony says, which is the secret to living is giving, mm. and I kept giving and giving and giving, that my avalanche of abundance would find me and read it has. My, my lifestyle today is, is far different than those lean years and I don't beat on my chest, but I'm here to tell the listeners that you can be, do and have anything you want as long as you don't tell yourself a BS story why you can't have it. Right, right. right. Well, let's get into that because this is what you do. This is your, your professional at it. You have, uh, I think, uh, my business partners so of people who listen to the show, Andrew Campbell, he is your coach. Um, and you have like 70 clients, is that correct? Is that yeah, I'm sitting at about 74 clients wow. as we speak today. I've coached Andrew Campbell for years and years. And what he's been able to achieve has been phenomenal. Same with Joe Fairless. I've been coaching Joe Fairless for seven years. And this was even before his podcast or before he wrote a book or before he put on conferences. And what he's been able to do has been, you know, amazing. And I've had a front row seat to lots of guys like that who literally leave their corporate position, right? They finally leave that handcuffs, that cubicle, that, you know, 60-hour work week and that, that biweekly paycheck. And they take that leap. And I'm telling you, they go on to really live fulfilling lives. Tony Robbins talks about the, I think the six or the five human needs. Um, I know myself, we're working with my business coach. I love uncertainty. I'm an uncertain type. I, I, I remember going backpacking around the world. I remember I've got this this analogy in my mind of sometimes I like to blow things up. You know the the, the roadrunner when he's got the little TNT and he blows it up. Yep. Uh, that is how sometimes I live my life a little bit. I know other people can't do it. So I guess that's the biggest thing that stops people from going forward is that uncertainty, right? And and and, and that to get started into in the business. It really is, and there are six human needs, and the first one is certainty. So that's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You need food, shelter, clothing, water. You want to make sure the roof over your head isn't going to fall down on, on you. But if you don't have food, you know, something's missing in the body. You just don't feel good. Well, that's the same thing with need number two, which is variety, mm -hmm. right? Variety is also one of the human needs where if you don't go backpacking around Australia and Europe or you don't, <laughs> try different foods or you don't, you know, look at different asset classes in real estate, you're really cheating yourself out of, you know, variety being the spice of life. That's number two. Number three is the need for significance, which is to feel unique or important or special. Number four is the need for connection. And as real estate investors, we get a ton of connection, right? But read really needs number five and six are really where I want the listener to hear because need number five is the need for growth, mm. right? And if just like a plant isn't growing, ultimately, it's dying. Right. And we don't want to die. We want to survive. In fact, guys like you and I and Andrew, we want to thrive, right? So that's number five. And number six, my favorite one, and this is the cloth I'm truly cut from, is contribution, mm. right? You got to get up every day and ask yourself, how am I going to make this world better? How am I going to make my family better, my community better, my body better, my relationship with my spouse better? So needs number five, growth and contribution, are really the one-two punch that I think real estate gives people an opportunity to really grow their portfolio, grow the number of doors they own, grow their networks, and then contribute. Because the ripple effect to brokers and investors and you know landscapers and lenders, I mean, it's you know as well as I do, it's just, it's far reaching. Right. What do you think? No, no, I think in general, I, I wanna sort of give a little bit of analogy, uh, particularly in my own personal story. And a lot, I think a lot of people in yourself as well, um, when you're in that, you're in the, I want to call the chaos of life, right? You're, you're reacting. 
And it comes a point where, like, I know my North Star for many, many years, uh, I picked up the, rich, the book which I'd put out a decade ago. I would never be thinking a decade later I'd be sitting here talking to you on a podcast and all this great stuff. But, but what, I, what I realized is that my North Star was to, get, was to become financially free, right? Yep. Now that I've achieved it, it's kind of like I'm sitting here at 33 years of age. I'm like, what's my new North Star? And I've got a little bit of uncertainty in my life, but I've looked at myself and doubled down on the fact that I need to be, um, through personal loss, I've had, as growing to financially free, I've put uh, a priority above, oh, sorry, a goal above priorities. And what I mean by that is I've put my business above my health, my, my relationships. And, and, and that is what I've come to realize through loss of close loved ones. Life is short. You have to live in the moment, but you also have to be, have all the pillars, you know, covered when what i mean by pillars in my mind is that business is just one pillar right and we use in, in this case we use real estate but you could use anything and you coach people in different things but i see a lot of people who are successful you know men and women who have shitty shitty you know relationships with their kids their tails up the creek but they're really successful in business and and if that business fails the only way you can go is down because you don't have the other pillars to support you so i want to talk a little bit about that and because i've definitely transitioned into the, the bigger picture and and real estate you help people in real estate, but that's just the vehicle, right? Yep. There's so much other more fulfillment and, and, and you know, gratitude and, and other things that they need to work on in order to be a better business owner, a better real estate investor, and a better CEO. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. Right? I love that, Reed. Can I I'll just share with you that that is my favorite soundbite from this entire interview? Because, guys, it's your identity. And identity is everything. And if you're not consistent with who you want to be in all of the pillars that Reed's talking about, you're still going to feel empty or feel like something's missing. And so when I do help people with their business or their real estate, there is a ripple effect that does come home to the spouse, to mm -hmm. the kids, mm -hmm. to the community. You know, we talk about their health and them being in the best body they can be in, you know, as a father, as a husband, as a lover, as a real estate investor. So we talk about travel, you know, getting out to see all parts of this beautiful blue planet. So my coaching is really based on what you're saying, all of the pillars. And if you're not growing all of those pillars and really seeing that they're all integral to you living a fulfilling and great life, you're missing the boat. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's what the, the, the core message of today's interview, I think, is going to be, is that the real estate is, a, is, is one vehicle to financial freedom, right? And, and I think you know, you're the best one to know that it's the 80-20 rule that Tony Robbins says. It's 80% mental, 20% you know, going out and doing. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit more in terms of the, 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 the mental side, because I think so many people, what we're talking about here today, guys, is more that you can apply these, these philosophies to any business you do. We just happen to be in the business of real estate, right? So, so Trevor, talk to us about what do you see the biggest, out of all the clients you've worked on, what has been the biggest hang-up that people have? And I'm sure it's you know, from case to case, their upbringing, their, 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 their subconsciousness, all that sort of stuff. But can you, can you sort of pinpoint one thing of, of what they struggle to hold them back to, to go and be their best self? Well, there's really three universal modalities of fear. And I'll go over three things that I think will help answer that for the listener. And the first of the three things is the fear of failure. You know, if I try, I could fail, mm -hmm. right? That's the big one for most people. And that's universal. doesn't matter if you're in, you know, America or Australia, if you're black or white, doesn't matter, male, female. So number two to that is 
people might not like me or they might criticize me, mm. right? It's like they're afraid of being judged. And so if they're afraid to fail and afraid of being judged, well, that's two of the big three. And read number three is a big one, and I see it all over the place, and that is I'm not worthy, right? right? They don't feel that they're really worthy of success, and that's a bunch of crap because we all have a unique opportunity to be, do, and have anything when we want. So the way I coach around this is I bring in a universal law. Now, if we really know that there are universal laws that govern this whole planet, like the law of gravity, yep. if we jump off the roof of a building, we're going to go down. There's a wonderful law called the law of polarity. And the law of polarity decrees that you can't have one thing without the polar opposite also being available. I'll give you an example. You can't have day without night. Yep. You can't have black without white. Mm -hmm. You can't have masculine energy without feminine energy, the North Pole without the South Pole. Therefore, if we apply the law of polarity to those three big fears, you know, failure, criticism, or worthiness, it sounds like this. If I try, I could fail becomes, well, if I try, could I succeed? Mm. And the absolute answer is yes, right? People do it all the time. Number two, people might not like me or might not love me. Well, they could absolutely love the fact you're investing in real estate. Maybe they want to invest in your next deal. And number three, I'm not worthy. It's a bunch of bunk. <laughs> Abundance is your birthright. You have just as much opportunity to go out there and apply this stuff so that you too can step into anything you want to be. I talk a little bit about on this show, and I've, I've spoken about it being a key person of influence, and, and I've interviewed the, the, the author of the key person of influence, Dan, Dan Priestley, an action Aussie guy. And uh, he talks about standing on a mountain of value. And that's to that third one, that, 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 that belief that you can go off and do it. But, and people don't realize or give themselves permission about, oh, hey, I'm actually standing on a mountain of value, and it could be valuable to someone else in my sphere. I don't have to be Tony Robbins of the world, but I can help and influence someone else change their life. And that's, that is a huge mindset, mind shift for anyone to think about that they are standing on a mountain of value, right? Well, it's really true because you're standing on the mountain, but you also have to check in with your identity. Are you climbing that mountain as a victim or yes. are you climbing that mountain as a victor? Right. You know, you can't have it one way or the other. You got to choose. Right. And most people are literally walking around America today going, you know, why am I so broke? Why mm. am I so fat? Why am I so lonely? You know, we call those the big three. It's part and parcel to the quality of question that they ask themselves. If you say, why am I so broke? The brain's going to say, well, you spent all your money or you didn't invest in real estate, right? So you've got to really understand, Reed, that the quality of your questions is going to dictate the quality of your life. Yes. It's that simple. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I think there's so many different facets that we can dive into here. But I think uh, from a personal point of view, we talk, you talked about the backing yourself. I remember that taking that leap of faith and the failure, you know, we talk about it. When I first moved to, to America and getting on that plane, I felt so nervous. Like, but I also remembered that I, the, the worst thing that can happen is I could move back from America and go back to Australia and go back to my engineering job. And that is the worst thing. Because the biggest thing that drives me is the fear of uh, regret. Yep. And, and waking up when I'm 75 years of age and go, gosh, I wish I, would, I wish I got on that plane to America. Or gosh, I wish I chased that girl to, to New York. You know, and that, all that, that has driven my life to where I am today. And I think that is, it's, it's about not questioning the downside. And just, well, at least looking at it and understanding what it's going to be and being comfortable with the downside and going, okay, if that's the worst that's going to happen, I'm going to have a pretty good life. You that's know what it. I mean? That's it. I love that. That's absolutely how I live my life too. And I'll tell you, Tony Robbins calls it the rocking chair test. Okay. You know, we're going to all get to that 85, 90, 95, maybe with medical technology, the way it's coming down the pipe, we might be a hundred, but man, we're not going to sit there and reflect on all the wonderful things. We're going to absolutely lay in that rocking chair and literally say, you know what? I regret not doing this, that, the other. And you bring up a really, really solid point. And I think that people are starting to realize that now earlier than mm. turning 95, right. right? 
they're starting to really take a look at, you know, who am I? What am I doing? What is my why? Right. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I'm seeing a lot of people really between those ages of about 35 and 43 that just literally draw that line in the sand and will no longer tolerate, you know, going into an office and working S for somebody. Similar to yourself, right? 36. Yep. You, you, said, you said, I'm fed up with this. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is this perspective of, and I want your, I'd love your thoughts on goal setting, but also putting these pillars out in life that um, you judge yourself. Oh, by the time I'm 45, I need to be here. Uh, I look at myself, I said before, 10 years ago, I picked up the book Rich Dad Put Up. I had no idea that I'd be sitting here, you know, controlling over uh, $250 million worth of real estate. And what I've come to realize is that I need to stop worrying about the future and worry about what's in front of me and, and work as hard as I can. See the doors that open up and just walk through those doors and see what's in. The, the last 10 years have been pretty freaking awesome. I know the next 10 years are going to be just as good and live in the moment rather than always looking to the future. By the time I'm 45, I need to be here. By the time I'm 60, this old adage of, okay, by the time I'm 65, I'm going to retire and then I'm going to enjoy my life. What, oh. what, do, you, what do you have to say about all that? Oh my God, <laughs> I could talk for hours about that because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, we're always evolving. Yep. You want to write that down. We are always evolving. We are always becoming another version of ourselves. And I teach this thing called the ladder of success where... Some people show up poorly in life, and that's not really a great place to show up. So let's go up a level, and now you're showing up good. Mm -hmm. But good isn't good enough anymore. You want to go to the next level, which is great. So now you're doing things great. But what if I told you there's three more levels? Because when you go up from great, you go up to what I call excellent. Now you're showing up excellent with your body, with your spouse, with your kids, with your real estate investing, with your general contractor, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, there's still another level where you go to outstanding. Now you're showing up outstanding, but if you want to go to the top level and it can happen at any time that you choose to, you can be extraordinary or extraordinary. And so as we progress up and down this ladder at various times in our life, I like to really chunk things down, Reed, to kind of what you spoke about where you want to get crystal clear on what the next year of your life looks like. Mm. Like what are your goals for the next year? We call that short-term goals. Anything after that from years one to five, are what we call long-term goals, right? Anything from year five and beyond, we call that your life's vision, right? And it's evolving, it's changing, it's morphing. We get different experiences, we meet different people, we get married, we get divorced, you know? All of these things happen and I'm telling you, you gotta be kind to yourself. Mm. You know, there's yep. a trifecta that I teach and it's really where you show up, number one, having an attitude of gratitude because we're all walking around looking for the next thing when we should be grateful for what we have. Number two is what's called forgiveness. What do you need to forgive yourself for right now? What do you need to forgive someone else? What did somebody do to you that you got your feathers ruffled, but you're giving so much energy to it that it's creating an acid ash in your system? Yeah, it's going back to that victim mentality. That's right. You, get, you, 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 these hangups. That's it. Let's get rid of that. So once we do number one, gratitude. Number two, so, uh, you know, forgiveness. Number three is self-love. Mm. That is where you go out there and you honor the brilliance and the magnificence that you are. You know, when's the last time that you had a bubble bath? Or yep. when's the last time you got a massage, as you Aussies say? <laughs> you know, when's the last time you did something and you gave yourself just a huge pat on the back? But guys, gratitude, forgiveness, and self-care can go a long way. And I invite the listeners to start now. What can they do? What's, they, what, what's, what's a very simple step that they can do to allow that to happen? It's simple things like, you know, getting a, a journal and having a gratitude journal, yep. writing down the things that you're grateful for. Or every night, my wife, Lisa, and I, we, we light a gratitude candle and we mm. give thanks for what, what happened during the day. Anything that does that, uh, random acts of kindness, yep. right? 
you could literally hold open the door at the mall for an old lady to walk through and be grateful that you've got arms and legs to move. Some people are in wheelchairs. So at the end of the day, Reed, it's the little things daily that you give gratitude that add up to the big things. And I think it's also focusing on the inner self a little bit. Now, as much as it's, um, you know, I know Tony Robbins and yourself talk about, you've got to figure out yourself first before you can go help others. So many people uh, want to fix other people, but they can't, they haven't fixed themselves first. And I've seen it in, in a lot of people. But the thing is, you've got to also realize that you have to allow yourself the forgiveness you talked about, you have to allow yourself to be kind to yourself. And you also got to run your own race because in this world of Instagram and online, you're always comparing ourselves. You're always wanting to, you know, judge ourselves to someone else. You're running your own freaking race. Relax. You know, life is good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Tony says that, you know, um, comparing yourself to something is like drinking way too much red wine. You get a what's called a comparison hangover. You don't want to have comparison hangovers. You really want to, you know, honor that they're on their journey. You're on your journey. Some people are rabbits, some are turtles. We go at different paces, and guess what? That's, that's okay. okay. Yeah, that's, no, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. That was it's, <laughs> no, I think that's really important because it is okay, and that's the self that's the self love and the permission you give yourself to say it's okay. I'm on this journey. I see so many people come up to me, like, oh, I wish I I started real estate investing 20 years ago. It's like, dude, don't beat yourself up about it. You're here right now. Make it happen right now. You were at 36 years of age and you wanted to change change your life. It wasn't until 40 that you realized that. Um, so like so many people like, I wish I'd done something else. And it's that, that sort of those hangups and you talk about those forgiveness that release that of yourself. You're here right now, show up and you're going to learn because it's your journey. It's your journey to this point and then you're going to go change it and you're going to have an incredible future. Well, I love that. And I'll, I'll give you a little science on how the brain works because, you know, every day we have roughly 60 to 80,000 thoughts. Wow. Now, some of them are conscious, some of them are subconscious. What am I going to eat today? What am I going to wear? Are my kids going to be safe? What's the weather like outside? Like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And I'm here to tell you that roughly 75% of those thoughts are negative. Mm. That means that 75% of the thoughts that you're having today and that you had the day before and that you had the day before and that you had the day before are really like grooves in a record, right? It's wearing these negative grooves in a record. Well, you know, when you read really good books, when you read really good, you know, autobiographies or biographies, or you go to conferences, you listen to audios, you know, you come to, you come to, you know, events, you can literally tip that the other way if you choose to, where you stand guard at the door of your mind and you don't let those gremlins, those saboteurs, you know, penetrate you the way that they did before. And again, it comes back to starting with gratitude, mm. you know? Because the number one thing that the saboteur, the gremlin in the brain doesn't like is when you honor yourself for something or honor someone else. A little bit of forgiveness, a little bit of self-care. Guys, those are the stepping stones that are going to allow you to create this magnetic switching station in your brain to where your electrical and chemical charges start showing up differently. And when those happen, you start to get different results. You yeah. start to manifest opportunities. You start to meet people that are there to help you at that moment in your life that weren't there to help you 10 years ago. So mm. it's fascinating for me to watch all this unfold in my life, my family's life, my clients' lives, everybody around me. I want to quickly, you know, we're getting to the end of the show, but I want to change, uh, change pace here a little bit and talk a little bit about your, your international perspective. You're Canadian, I'm Australian, we, we both do business in America. And I'm sure the Commonwealth, you know, the British system of the tall poppy syndrome, you know where I'm going oh, yes. with this. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and the whole self-boasting and pounding the chest. The Americans love it, right? Australians and probably Canadians are a little bit more quieter yes. about it. How, in your mind, like, how do, you, how do you tackle that? How do you walk that fine line to, you know, the, the self-permission to go out and be cool and awesome and 
pound your chest because there's got to be a little bit of that in order to you know get yourself motivated to go off and do something and achieve something even more and be a better self. Yeah, I think that there's a couple things I'd speak to there because I think in number one, I'm all about people being hungry for mm. more. You know, you know, if you're not hungry to go to that next level, you're going to find yourself conforming, sitting on the couch, watching too much Netflix, mm. and so. I think as we have that hunger and that, that second thing that I call passion, those are the one-two punches that allow us to go out there and do more and be more, create more, uh, build companies, you know, all of those things. But it's really the ego that yep. gets in the way. And when the tall poppy syndrome kicks in or people think, well, I'm better than you, it's a bunch of bunk, mm. you know? And again, I think most people forget that a third of the world's population lives on $2.50 a day. That's an actual statistic. So as we're getting out there and we need the nice house and the nice cars and the nice jewelry and the nice trips and flying first class, that's not how I live, right? It's not how you live. It's not how Andrew lives. We are here to literally show up on purpose and with purpose to have a good life, but we really, really are here to contribute to the lives of other through our time, through our knowledge, through our wisdom, donate some money to charities, do some great things. But if the ego is the number one thing that people are trying to feed, it's going to fall down. It's like right. a house of cards that's going to come down at some point. Love it. Love it, mate. Well, look, we're getting to the end of the show. Um, I'm going to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Oh, number one thing is meditation. So every day, 30 minutes of meditation, first thing in the morning. I think too many people jump right into the emails yeah. and jump into the bank accounts and you're really cheating yourself out of setting your mind and your body up for success. Love it. I love it. Um, what is the number one tool in your business? Meaning, when I say tool, it could be a physical tool like a phone or a person, or, or it could be a software that you use on a daily basis. Well, that's an easy one for a high-performance coach. That's a telephone because <laughs> I travel all over. I was in Australia for two months. I just got back. Um, I'm in Keystone, Colorado today, San Diego next week. And so... Wherever I go, I've got my, my phone with me to take care of my family and my clients. Awesome, awesome stuff. In one sentence, what has been the biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from that failure? You know, there was a time where I took a bunch of money and I invested it into a, uh, a restaurant mm. because I thought that restaurants would be a good investment to get into. And Reed, I took literally six digits of capital and I borrowed some extra money from my family, my friends. I even convinced my own parents to take out a six-figure mortgage on the second on their on their home, the family home, and I poured it into this restaurant expansion because I thought it was going to be a really cool concept, and it went well for the first year, and then it imploded, and it all went upside down, ended up losing a significant portion of that money. Wow, what did you what did, what did you learn from that? I learned many things that you know never get into something that you don't really understand. Number one, number two, don't get into anything that you can't control, and that other people are making all the decisions for you. Interesting, love it. Number one person, uh, sorry, the number, the most influential person in your career to date, who is that? In my career to date, it would have to be, you know, i got to give a nod to two people, Tony Robbins. I mean, working for the man, the myth, the legend, um, being one of his top coaches on the planet, I mean, it was truly amazing. I've learned more from Tony than I think anybody else. Um, the other person I have to give a shout out to is Napoleon Hill. Okay. So, Think and Grow Rich was one of the most influential books in my lifetime, and I've read it 50 times. I have the audio book. I mean, my kids can recite passages from it because, you know, they hear it in the vehicle when we drive. But, but between Tony and Napoleon Hill, those are foundational concepts around beliefs, values, rules. Um, they're just the, the foundation for life. Awesome stuff, mate. Last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. Where do they go? Absolutely. You can head over to my website. It's trevormcgregor.com. That's T-R-E-V-O-R. 
M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, so trevormcgregor.com. Or if somebody wants to talk further, you can simply go to www.coachwithtrevor.com, enter your details, and I'd be happy to um, set up a chat. Awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to jump on the show. I just want to reflect some of the cool things that I took down. I wrote a bunch of notes here. I think that the big thing for me, the takeaway was the being hungry, the being hungry uh, and, and understanding that people can give themselves permission. The, the, the whole ethos around being kind to yourself, the forgiveness, the attitude of being gratitude for gratitude. I think that's really, really important in starting there. I think you're a wealth of knowledge, mate. Um, and I just, I wish you the, the absolute most best in the future for 2020 and beyond um but mate did i leave anything out there no just a huge shout out to you i appreciate being on your show you are doing some amazing things all over this beautiful blue planet and um just blessed and grateful to know you, brother. No, mate. Same back at you. Well, there you have it. Another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from, from Trevor. If you want to get over to his web, website, remember, it's www.trevormcgregor.com. I want to thank you all for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. And we're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a crack. Crack.